Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Don Wick. Back with us, Katie Tang, in market education specialist with Ag Country. Katie, there is no doubt we are really in some dynamic markets. Uh, we've seen it really in the past few months. It, you just looked to last week. We saw soybeans briefly hit that $12 money. It's, it's uh, kind of crazy times. It is pretty amazing that we hit twelve dollars when you consider, you know, six months ago we were sitting, you know, lowest we've had in several years. But I think there's a lot of things that have developed since then. Um, part of it certainly has been demand has really improved um, domestically. We had already pretty well capped out on crush. Uh, crush plants have been operating that way for a few years now. I've had substantial profit those have actually backed down some a um, little bit you know with the rise in prices they have to pay more for uh, soybeans meal prices haven't kept up so their their profit margins are a little bit tighter than they were they're still positive but then we've also seen a lot of demand from China um, particularly once we got into the summer months uh, South America appears pretty tapped out for the moment you know they, they've just gotten into their growing season and will be two, two and a half months before we see major exports start to come out of Brazil. And China's demand for meal really hasn't backed off. Now, the past week or so, we have heard, uh, and, we, and we don't know, it's not confirmed, that some of those um, soybean loads were canceled by Chinese crushers. That, you know, that happens, to be quite honest especially at these kind of price levels. Um, those, however, should have been booked quite a while ago, so their price on that actual load was lower than what we are now. So I don't, it seems odd that they would cancel it. On the other hand, you didn't really hear a lot of squawking from internal crushers, and I think maybe we're just getting to the part of the rally or part of the balance sheet where we, we kind of have to take a step back and digest what we've done. That doesn't mean the market falls apart, but it does mean we just maybe have to work, um, kind of give everyone a chance to get caught up. And as we go into the end of the year, you know, it's fairly normal behavior too, and not just for crushers or end users or producers, but even for um, speculators who might be involved in the market. They'd like to square their books up as well and I'm sure take some profit. So I think it's we have to watch what's going on. We have to be conscious of it, but I don't know that, at this point, it's anything other than normal market movement. Well, certainly, you know, the supply situation here in the United States, uh, um, we, we know what's happening here. When you look at a, a late crop and, and some pretty dry conditions in, in uh, the center part of uh, Brazil, that, that certainly has to keep this market on, on edge. And I think that's going to be the primary concern, especially once we get into January. I mean, it's going to be talked about as we hit into December as well. Right now, it looks like there's some moisture in the forecast. Um, is it enough? We don't know. They are they are definitely dry for them. Now, keep in mind, it's still a rainforest in a lot of areas. So dry in a rainforest isn't necessarily what we would consider dry, but they have different soil types and things like that. Um, however, if it looks like their crop is taking any sort of hit, they don't have a cushion to fall back on. Um, they more or less shipped out those bushels already this spring. So things could get pretty sticky there. Right now, when you look at February, 
U.S. is about a 50-cent disadvantage, um, meaning we're more expensive at that point. But that gap, as we've seen, can close pretty fast if you get some sort of disruption. So what's the value of the dollar doing, and what impact does that have? The dollar has weakened substantially. Um, it, it, it certainly helps. Obviously, when we're at, all, you know, not all-time highs, but when we are multi-year highs, it's like, well, you know, Brazil and Real was pretty weak. By default, they were going to be cheaper because of that. We have backed off. They've finally stabilized. So we're more competitive from a currency standpoint. Um, you know, there's always going to be a lot of questions on if we're talking about China on there, at least for beans, on how their currency is going to fluctuate. They don't, it's not a free market currency. They they peg the value of theirs. So that gets to be a little bit sticky, but certainly it's not hurting anything that we are at the levels we're at right now. A lot of dynamics at play. You, you mentioned the end of the year and folks trying to even their positions and those kind of things, but those outside markets are, are certainly paying attention to what's, what's <laughs> happening with the uh, change in administration and trying to read the tea leaves on, on what that's going to mean for the economy as well. And I, that plays into this in a lot of ways, too, just for money flow. But, yeah, Dow crossing 30,000 points, and that's not something people would have even really thought of. You, Ten years ago, that was not on the top of anyone's mind. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen with that change in administration. Generally, yeah, they should be more favorable to trade. However, how do they transition, I guess, from the policy we have now to a new policy if they intend to? We don't even know that they intend to right now. So I think there's a lot of things that are going to come into play and make things interesting. That said, if South America doesn't have beans, if they don't get rain, it's kind of a moot point. So that's why South America, a lot of it's going to hinge on what happens there. So from a, a farmer perspective, you know, we're, we're all about planning this time of year as well. How do you do it when all these uh, different things are, are really happening in the marketplace globally? You know, I think when you look at the board, obviously there's a pretty big inverse between the July of 20 or, you know, old crop corn and new crop corn and old crop beans and new crop beans. I'm going to caution, I know there's been some talk of it, about selling your new crop and the old crop, and rolling ahead. Well, that works when you have a carry, um, but then obviously you don't want to do it. You'd rather just go straight to the new crop month. When we have the sort of inverse we have, that's a lot of work to erase. It's not impossible, but it does mean that if you choose to do that, one, you better be sure if it's a cash contract that the elevator is willing to roll across crop years. And in a lot of cases, they won't. There are a few that will. Um, but then also that you may be stuck with some, even if it works out, pretty uncomfortable positions over the winter. Um, and that's everyone's own choice to make. But it's just a consideration. And that it doesn't have to go back to a carry. You could end up rolling down, in which case you're going to take a lower price than what you wanted anyhow. Certainly these guys are are doing some tax management and uh, those kind of things as, as well right now. It's It's been a different year. We've had some in, income, uh, probably unexpected income for this year, not only with the rally in the marketplace, but uh, the, the government payments as well. And that, you know, I'm not, I'm not a tax advisor, but I do know that's a substantial swing. And I'm guessing that there's going to be some scrambling 
as we get to year end because we spent all of our input season trying to conserve cash and to conserve capital. And that's all fine, except for when we get to the end and we end up with a glut of, glut of cash. Yeah, there's going to be some work that has to be done on the tax side that I don't envy any of those tax advisors you know, or even producers. That said, if you get in sooner, you're going to have more time to make those um, adjustments. Katie Tangen with us from Ag Country. That's the latest edition of Rural Perspectives, sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Of course, you can always find out more at agcountry.com. I'm Don Wick for the Red River Farm Network.